do it. Well, you guys, it's been a while. It's been a long time with me. I know that you guys heard Tony on do, doing a couple solo shows last week covering the final game of the regular season, which, you know, we don't even have to talk about that game again. But <laughs> your boys are back for another episode of Bantland Boulevard brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. I am, of course, one of your co-hosts, Trevor Howard, and across from me is Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. Boxhead98TL. We are going to recap a big quarterfinal victory for your Buffalo Bandits. They went into their own house in the KeyBank Center and once again took down the Albany Firewolves, this time doubled the score on them. Bandits win by a final score of 10-5, to and guess what? They advanced to the semifinals, which a new rule was placed by the National Lacrosse League saying that it is a best-of-three series now, just like the Mm -hmm. championship game, so we're going to... After this one's done, we're going to preview guys game one against Toronto. But after that big 10-5 to victory over the Firewolves, how are we feeling, Tony? Yeah, a little nervous at first, going into the first half, tied up a two apiece. But then the Bandits finally got their rhythm back. They finally got their system and strategy going, uh, especially with Dane Smith after being quieted after the last week of the season. He finally stepped up and he was back to his normal self. He was scoring goals. He was making plays. And that's exactly what we needed for the cap, uh, not the assistant captain, Dane Smith, number 92, and he did exactly what he needed to do at the right moment at the right time, and he did it in the playoffs. That's what we need from guys to step up and say, all right, I shrugged off all my regular season doubts. Now it's time to step it up and go to beast mode. And the dog himself, great Dane Smith, has done that to help the Bandits secure the victory 10-5, to 5, like you said. And if there was a time to get hot – you always prefer it being in the second half. Always in the second half. If you have a great first half, oh, mm, fantastic, great. 50% of the job is done, though. But if you have a great second half, that just makes it all the more better. If you're if you're down by a few goals, you want to have that best second half. And the Bandits, it was kind of a weird game. 2-2 two to two at halftime. Nobody mm-hmm. really expected that. Nobody really saw that coming. But mm-hmm. then the Bandits put a four spot in the third and a four spot in the fourth to put the game on ice and to double the score on them. And like you said, Dane Smith is definitely one of those like lead contributors to why the Bandits won that game. And, you know, if, if, if you have to look at somebody that really stepped up their game, stood up for their guys, played extremely physical, extremely well, that is Steve Coast-to-Coast Priolo. He had a fantastic game. Yes, he did, especially with having two points himself, a goal and assist. And on top of it, their defense looked so good out of his leadership. And again, this is when we need him the most, especially going into playoff mode. And again, the Firewolves didn't give us um, much air to breathe in the two games we played against them. Um, so this was another game to go look into and say, you know what? When can we pick our spots? What could we do to get those uh, victories to win the battles and then especially have the most goals that our opponent? And they did just that. Defensively, they played super smart. They made sure Vince was protected. I mean, both goaltenders goaltending were standing was, on their head. was great for, from both teams. Goaltending both was teams, fantastic. Both aspects, yep. especially. You're right. But again, it all came down to who was the better defensive team and who was the better offensive team. And obviously, we won the game, so that tells you the story right there. But you cannot stop there. Steve Priolo knows what to expect coming up in the next series. He knows what he has to tell his defensive guys. It is time to go from level 100 to level 1,000 going up against this next team. 
I definitely agree. And then when you, you know, going into this one, I bet you that the Bandits saw what was going on. Johnny T was definitely on the bench knowing what was going on with the other games. And mm-hmm. knowing in the fourth quarter that they were up 10-5, to 5, they were salivating at the mouth, thinking about the idea of facing against Toronto in the semifinals. And you obviously know that the Bandits are looking forward to this series against Toronto. But I think that was all the more motivation going into this game against Albany. Hey, if you win this game, you guys get to face against your nemesis in the best of two out of three series. So Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, that's definitely a part of it, but the only thing, you know, if we're, if we're going to jump into negatives and positives real quick, the only negative is the slow starts in the playoffs. I mean, the, uh, the, uh, the, what happened in the, um, what happened in week 18, they had a fast start or week Mm -hmm. 21. I think it was, Fast mm-hmm. start fell off towards the end against Toronto, but that was the end of the right. season. Nobody, it's, there's no playoff implications there. They're already clinched their spot. This week they go in and have a slow start, and then they pick it up. We we need them to play a full 60 minute game. That's my only negative because I mean they held them to five goals. Goaltending was elite. Dane Smith looked great. Uh, Josh Byrne looked great. Steve Piolo obviously looked great. I think the only negative is just the slow start, but it was also it leads into a positive. It was a slow start for the other team as well because of our our great defense and our great goaltending. Yeah. Especially with how the way that these two teams like knew each other in the first two meetings. And again, they had to expect this is playoff game mode. What do we expect to see? What kind of strategies first to see what they're going to act first, then maybe we'll counteract what they're going to do afterwards. But I mean, yes, like you said, the fast starts have always been helping the bandits win all season long, 14 out of 18 games. Uh, explain itself perfectly. But again, we had fast starts before. And again, it kind of like backfired. That was the last game of the season, which again, the game really didn't matter because we claimed home field. But again, you don't want to put that momentum against us as well. That's another thing that they have to watch out for is that if you start slow, then you should have enough energy to pick it up and really overcome your opponent. But if you start off fast, then you have to maintain balance and you have to maintain discipline, keeping control and maintaining that lead going into the fourth quarter. But you also have to, like you said, play a full 60 minutes of playtime and that's it. Lights out, shut them down. That's it. Game over. We can move on to the next game. And that's what exactly what the bandits did against Albany. They, even though they slow started, they got a feel of what they can do. That's good because now that you have gotten what they normally do is they do that pick and roll every time, almost like a basketball term. Yes, they do. You picked up on it. You figured out what to do. You kept them as far away as Vince as possible so that Vince can see any shot from outside coming. That's that's huge for defensively. But also when you needed to score goals, you made them count when they were needed. And that's how you won the game. So mentality going into this next series, you can do either way. but. Again, I think, no offense to Albany, but I think Toronto's got a little bit more powerhouse than Albany has to as well because they've always been a thorn on our side. They're going to be ready. They know what to expect after defeating Halifax. Um, So now... In in overtime. In overtime, by the way. In overtime, exactly. But here's the big question for the boys in orange and black. What do we do against Toronto since they've had the upper hand in the regular season? What things do we need to change that will fix the problems that will boost us back and defeat Toronto going into this Eastern Conference? So again, that's that's all that's the main question. So that's exactly what he has to do. 
So I'm sure the boys are probably going to video uh, video the games back then, see what flaws that uh, what need to be fixed, and clean and it once up. They fix yep. that, and then I guess you know what, it could be an easy route, or it could be a close to game three type game. I and don't it's know. nothing drastic. You don't have to change up much. You don't need to clean up a lot. It's I mean 14 no. and four for God's sake. I, th- I think they're a good team. It's just two of those four losses came against Toronto, and that's exactly. that's a, that's a big highlight on the on the sheet of of paper that when they, when they circled on the calendar, like we got to beat these guys. And I Mm -hmm. think that they're really, really pissed off that they lost two out of their four losses and they came against the Toronto rock. I bet you that they're, I guarantee you that they're still, you know, looking for that revenge. And we'll definitely get into that a little bit more on our preview. Um, But yeah, the only negative about this one, I mean, just the 60 minute game. But if you look, remember what, remember what you said last week when, when you went on the solo show, stay out of the box, Mm -hmm. stay out of the box, the bandits, Went one for two on the power play. They had two guys, or they mm-hmm. only had two penalties. They were only on the five-on-four twice, which is good. Mm-hmm. That is great. And they also cashed on their power play opportunities. That's two positives right there, two key positives right there. Also, they went right around 50% on face-offs. Sure. Face-offs are hard to come by, especially in the playoffs. So when you see something like that, you'll take it. You'll absolutely take it. Yeah, especially with going – uh, almost 50% again, like we've always asked Max and we've always asked whoever else, just win 45, just win like uh, 35 to 45% of your faceoffs. And I think we'll be just fine. That's exactly what they did. Uh, Max obviously going nine of 19, Ian McKay taking the other faceoff and losing. But again, guys, this is the thing. Faceoffs can control the game, but it also depends on how you control the game when you have the ball in control. So as of that saying, getting the shots on net, getting your rebounds and getting those loose balls to maintain another 30 seconds shot clock and then just keep on peppering their goaltender, tire them out as much as possible. So again, with beating up Jammers, uh, Jameson, even though he played super well, he I mean, did. I've never seen Doug Jameson stand out more than ever, but again, it just came down to where the goals mattered 10 five final. Obviously that shows you, but again, you cannot disrespect the fact of how he played so good to keep Albany in the game as much as possible. But again, the better turnout came out for the bandits. So Vince got the W we move on to the Eastern conference going up against our hated rival, Toronto rock. And hopefully whoever comes out on top from the Western side, who cares? The bandits. I can't wait, I can't wait to see the power. orange and black go. They should have enough power to take anybody down. 14 right. and four. Come on. Like, come on. That is, we, we, we need to see a big, big victory. And when you look at more stats and stuff, I mean, just, we can also get into the three stars, which I'm going to do three stars because we already basically yeah. just went over, you know, what happened 10 to five, whatever. Yeah. The three stars of the game look like this, all bandits and rightfully so star number three mm-hmm. with a goal and an assist two points and two penalty minutes. And that is the captain, number 23, Steve Coast-to-Coast Priolo. Can't say enough good things about him. Star number two, who wears number 22, scored two goals, two assists, and four points on the night. That is Mr. Josh Byrne, baby Byrne, Josh Byrne, scoring his, I believe, his second star? What is he? I think he's yeah, had he number two star. I think he's had four star appearances in his last four games, at least in the top mm-hmm. three stars of the game. So very good numbers from him. And of course, 60 minutes of action, 50 shots, uh, or yeah, 50 shots on goal, five went in, 45 saves. We're talking about number 48, the GOAT 
of goaltending in indoor lacrosse history, Matt Vino Vince with star number one. Amazing. Yeah, Vince definitely stepped up, especially when he's – it's that mentality. Um, if, if this is going to be my final year, is a time where I really step up and be the goaltender that everyone expects me to be. Back in the Rochester days and then coming here to Buffalo – what do they want us to do? What is, what is the city of Buffalo? What do the fans of the bandits want me to do? They know, and I'm sure everyone knows the answer to this. And that's win a title for the second team for yourself. And not only that, but we've been waiting so long ever since 2008 to get another title back at the key bank center where it rightfully belongs because we've been in this league since 1992. We've been begging for a title after title for the last uh, 2016, then the 2019 series, it's like, God, can we just get one more? In 2006, which and obviously. 2006. Where Colorado came into our house and bullied us. What was it, like 16 to 6 was the final score of that Something game? Something like that, yep. But yeah, I mean, we, we should be sick and tired of losing all these, you know, championship opportunities. But I think if there was a leader in that locker room who stands between the pipes and the net, that is definitely Matt, Matt Vince. Vince. I think he's the best goaltender that we've had in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you had you had Mikey Thompson who was holding it down. He was great. Uh, he was that he was a big part of that 2008 run and a big decision by Darius Kilgore. If we're going back to 2008, putting Mikey mm-hmm. Thompson in net for the championship game that was a gutsy decision, but it paid off because yes, you, you had Kenny Montour who was also elite, um, and then all these goalies that came before him. So. I don't know. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Matt Vince. Holding them to five goals is almost unheard of in this league. I mean, especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs. And if you were to tell me that the Bandits went into a playoff game, only scored 10 goals, and you told me that they doubled the score, I would have said that you're crazy. If you score 10 goals in a playoff game, sometimes it's not even enough. Mm-mm. Sometimes your opponent scores 12. Sometimes your opponent scores 14. It's not usually enough to get the job done. But the Bandits, being that great defensive team that they are, the great goaltending team holding it down, it's possible. Anything is possible. That's right. You cannot doubt the way that this whole team has been set up from the get-go. This year, in 2022, that they have the powerhouse offense, that they can do it, they can score goals. Um, like I've said all season long, besides the one game they proved me wrong, um, that they've scored above 10 goals and better to win games and to stay with their opponents. And yet Toronto is the only team who have kept us under 10 goals one time. Yep. And that itself tells you how scary good this offense is, no matter who you put on the floor. And again, this is something that Toronto is going to have to look into how to stop us. But again, I got a feeling under Johnny Tavares's tutelage, we are going to overcome our doubts and we're going to succumb our doubters that have been downsizing us since, oh, yeah, because you're in first place, blah, 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 you still can be broken, which is true. That's but, possible. Which is true, but I'm telling you this right now, that's not happening this year. We have made a statement all season long why we're number one. Now we're going to make a statement going into this playoffs, and we already have started that beating Albany and keeping them at the rate where – oh. Sorry. You're good. Keep, we, still, keeping, we still got you. Right. Yep. Keeping them at a rate where no team has, I don't think has ever been that low before in a playoff game. Is that a stat that we're going to have to probably check out? We're going to have to fact check that one, but I'm pretty sure that you're, you're, I think, I think you're on the right track with that. I mean, if there's anybody that's lower, that's pretty scary. That but is scary defense right there. If this, if you know what, you want to know what the scariest part of all this is? This mm. offense is super young still. Mm. 
I don't even know if half these guys have reached their prime yet. They nope. might still be chasing that ceiling, you know, as far as their talent is is concerned. I think Johnny T can get the – you know, he can make his players – even some of the older vets like Dane Smith and Josh Byrne, they, he could still make them – one percent, two percent better as the years go on. You know, they will sure age can. like fine wine. As they get older, they'll get more wise and they'll and they'll play better. I think that's what Johnny T brings to the system. And the the scariest part is, you have guys like Tahoka Nanakoke and Chase Frazier and Chris Couche who are super super young still that haven't even reached their prime yet. Don't forget about Connor Homegrown Fields too. Homegrown, He's can't one. forget about him either, and you can't forget about your your captain, who's a vet, who's step stepping up his game a lot too, and that's Steve Priolo. He's staying out of the box as much as he can. He mm-hmm. took a closing his hand on the ball. I didn't even know that was a two minute penalty, by the way. I had yeah, zero idea that. that was even a penalty, but big freaking deal. Chase Frazier also got into a little into a little scuffle, and so did uh, Tohoka Nanakoke as well. But outside of that. They were what on the man down twice in that game. I love yep. that. They are holding it mm-hmm. down in the playoffs right now. Staying out of the box because on this show for our loyal listeners out there, they all know that we've <laughs> just been bashing this into your heads. Stay out of the box. And for the most part, they did. Yeah, I can't agree more, but uh, the penalty minutes were 10 for Buffalo, eight for Albany. And again, both teams go 50% on the pedal, uh, power play one for two. That's something you got to expect from both teams or you got to expect from our boys in the orange and black that our special teams have been doing really well all season long. And again, they stepped up and possibly could have scored more shorthanded goals than I think of. But again, it's been just one power play goal and that was contributed by Connor Fields. And then other than that, just been really staying clean. So that's something that we got to keep our heads, our mindset to go into Toronto is to stay out of the box. And yep. again, that's going to be huge because we know that Toronto's going to do something to get it. And then the refs are going to be the second part. Ugh, so ugh. that's, I hate to bring that up, but God almighty, we got to sh- shut our mouths and just continue to play the game. No matter what the outcome, uh, what the calls are and whatnot, just shut up and go to the box or shut up and keep playing. That's it. Shut up. Keep your head down. Worry about your business. That's it. That's it. And, uh, I think it's time for our world famous, uh, player of the game. And this is the playoff Ooh. edition. So okay. we cannot wait for this one. Uh, I've been thinking about this the whole show. This is spontaneous. I ask, I have to go with this one. The my player of the game is number forty-eight, Matt Vince. He is the heavyweight champion of the world. This dude looks <laughs> like he could bench three thirty on his off day, and he's definitely one of the guys that is going to be the lead contributor when and when we go to the championship. Matt Vino Vince is my pick. Yeah, Vince is definitely a smart pick to have because with the goaltender uh, of the year, I'd say regardless, I don't care if he didn't have the best average, but consistency is what we have out of him. He's always focused on making sure his defense is on the same page. Smart pick that you said, Matt Vince, and that's rightfully so because he was the number one star of that game. Me personally, it was something of retribution in a way for a player to say, why did I get stopped? Why can't I score? And how come I only have, or how come I didn't get any points at all in the last week? And that's going to go to number 92, Dane Smith. It's kind of humbling. If you think about it though, it's a little bit humbling. Yes. 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 I agree because the fact that it's like, all right, I've done my part. Yeah. It sucks. I couldn't get the records for season points or whatever for my own, but you know what? That's okay. You were the top dog in our team for the scoring again. So coming out of that week, 
to not getting any points at all, probably fired you up and said, all right, that's it. I'm done. I have to step up now. So six points coming in out of the 10 points that were scored. What more can you ask for from number 92? And that is my go-to guy. And that is my pick for that week of that win against Albany. You love to see it. You love to see 92 out there. Our literal and figurative dog on the team because he is he yep. is the great Dane. You'll love to see that. I don't mind those picks at all. I mean, Vince, Dane Smith, we could have picked the entire team. We could have picked the head coach if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's just the player of the game. So we, we can't really just do that. Not everybody gets a trophy, guys, just so you know. We're not mm-hmm. like eight years old anymore. So only there's only one trophy. There's another trophy as well. So I think with that said, the Buffalo Bandits are storming the castle, hosting the Toronto Rock. They already shut the – they were the last one standings. They they turned out the lights last week. Let's head into game one, and we're going to hit you with that preview in a little bit. But let's head into game one of the Toronto series, and let's, and let's just dominate, seek, destroy, kill. Yep, we got to have no error for error. That's all basically it is. You want to step up against one of the best teams that have won championships too as well. Toronto has done that. You've done that. Now it's all about who the better teams out of the two is going to come out on top and represent the East. And you know what? The beasts of the East deserve to be the men in orange and black. And that's the only way you guys all know it, how hard working dedication, time, effort, blood, sweat, tears that these guys have done all season long. And right now, rightfully so they should deserve the right to go on to the championship bound and whoever comes out on top in the West, be, be fearful guys, no matter if it's the seals, no matter if it's the mammoth, This is not your year. It's the East side year, and it's going to be the one in orange and black. I guarantee you that. I definitely hope so. Final score from last Saturday, Buffalo 10, Albany 5. Big win. Quarterfinals are done. Check that off. We're on to the next game. Let's go. As always, let's Let's go go Bandits. Bandits. Let's go.